0: Welcome to Folk Roots Radio, I'm Jan Hall. All the best in Folk Roots Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, we're all about the music and the people that make it. Now coming up, we're giving over the whole of this episode to an in-depth conversation with singer-songwriter, severe weather scientist, and social activist Dave Sills, who has just released his debut album, Fifty. Now, Dave Sills was a musical guest on my Guelph-focused show, Royal City Rag, several times over the years. And Dave is back in the studio today as we chat about the weather, storm-chasing, climate change, and making his first album at the age of 50. We also check out a selection of tracks from a great new album. So settle down and enjoy Dave Sills in Conversation on Folk Roots Radio.
1: Don't tell me to stay I've got it in my head I'm gonna play guitar Gonna leave this house And head for a bar Been scared so long But now I think I know the way Stay in my head I'm gonna play guitar Gonna leave this town And live out of my car Been scared so long But now I think I know
0: That's Dave Sills with his song Out of Tune from his debut album, 50. And according to Dave, that album was 50 years in the making. Indeed, Dave Sills has been making music since he was a kid in the town of LaSalle, close to Windsor and Detroit. And the new album is an absorbing mix of his musical influences he's picked up along the way, from The Beatles to Blue Rodeo to Johnny Cash and Nico Case. A severe weather scientist by day and storm chaser and singer-songwriter in his after hours, Dave and I have known each other since our days in social activism in Guelph. And it's my great pleasure to welcome Dave Sills into the Folk Roots radio studio today to chat about the new album. Hi, Jen. I have to start off by saying, Dave, I didn't realize you hadn't recorded anything before today. <laughs> I was kind of surprised.
2: That's right. Well, I mean, around Guelph, I had been playing in, in bars and uh, playing on your show and, and, you know, a lot of the performing side. But uh, what I, I really wanted to get stuff down on, on record or a CD uh, and, and, you know, really go through that whole process of recording and, and getting it just how I hear it in my head. And it took a long time for me to get to that
0: point. Well, it's interesting you say that, because if I go to your website at davesills.ca, it seems like a lot of the tracks on this album, though, are pretty new, aren't they? Well, they're new as in
2: they've been uh, recently recorded, but some of them go back to, uh, not, I think one of them is, I wrote in high school days. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Yeah, so, I mean, it really is 50 years in the making. Uh, you know, there's some that are, are um, like I said, just uh, after high school or, or in high school. There's some that are in my 20s, my 30s. So it, it really kind of spans... Uh, all the different eras of my life and some of them reflect that and uh, but you know it's all songs that I thought were strong and I believed in and wanted to bring into the studio and and
0: really you know get to that final product that I've had in my head all these years but I've never heard (laughs) you know it's funny because I feel like I've learned so many new things in preparing for this interview I actually didn't realize that you grew up in LaSalle that's right
2: Yeah. yeah yeah 19 years I guess first 19 years of my life I was in LaSalle and um you know, after that, uh, went to university and ended up in Guelph, uh, where my wife had gone to school. Uh, so, you know, you end up where, you know, the, your jobs and your education take you. But yeah, the, my formative years in La Salle, listening to Detroit radio and uh, absorbing all those influences, it was uh, great.
0: And I didn't realize you have quite a musical family as well, because I think your brother, Ken, plays, and then your father, Mike, does he play too?
2: That's right. So, I mean, my dad, my, my brother, my dad and I all all play we all kind of play together since Ken and I were kids Uh, my dad Uh, he, he actually recorded, he he found a way to do multi-tracking on an eight track tape. Okay. This is when we were really young kids, obviously. And so we've been recording songs in the basement for years and, uh, he still does that. He's retired and, you know, like a song a month, he's recording, uh, these songs. So we kind of grew up with this idea that, you know, songs you end up recording. And, uh, my brother went off and he ended up being in a professional band and, you know, touring and that kind of stuff. But, uh, I was, I spent most of my time obviously doing work and then social activism and didn't really make the time until recently to to get into the recording part and, and do something serious. So who did your brother play with? He played in a band, well, he played in several bands, but the one that kind of got the most attention was, uh, it's called Wednesday's Engine, Wednesday's Engine, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, they play Casino Windsor and uh, Toronto Wax and a whole bunch of different places, but, uh, and it was just a lot of fun for him. Now he's a CEO of a startup in the automotive industry, so <laughs> he kind of, you know, drifts wherever things take him and
0: enjoys that part of it. So you grew up in La Salle. Um, after that, you went to college, and I, I assume, uh, did you study? Was it geography, or did people actually go and study weather in those days?
2: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> these
0: days we definitely need to study weather.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, even in high school, I, I, you know, I was doing talks and stuff for for my classes about weather and weather forecasting, and uh, the place that I wanted to go was, you know, one of the universities in Toronto or or. Uh, Montreal to study weather. Um, and I ended up at, uh, at Waterloo for the first couple of years in physics, but then decided that uh, enough of this stuff, I want to actually do weather and uh, transferred over to York University and got my degree and got my PhD there. And yeah, I'm uh, a doctor of weather here. <laughs> so yeah, all, all kinds of interesting experiences in the weather field that are somewhat separate from the music field. That there's a couple of places on the album where things converge. Um, but, uh, mostly I just kind of try to keep separ- think things separate, the science side and the music side and photography side, you know, just trying to explore different aspects of, you know,
0: life and my personality and whatever. And I think one of those things you love to do is... Storm chase, which sounds so exciting. I know there was movies back in the, I don't know, is the 80s or 90s when you used to see the flying cow? Yeah, like that. that's,
2: I guess, Twister in 96, I think. Yeah. yeah, that inspired a lot of people to get out and storm chase. And I, I fortunately can say that I was storm chasing before that movie <laughs> came out. Um, but yeah, there's there's a group of us in Ontario that have been storm chasing for a good 20 years and, um, you know, vet, the veteran storm chasers among the, the bigger crowd these days. And uh, the thing about storm chasing in Ontario is it's really tough uh, because, uh, you know, the nice days where we get to all the juicy thunderstorms and everything tend to be the days where we get lots of smog and it's hard to see things. So the first chance in 2004 I had to go and storm chase in tornado alley in the states was really literally eye opening because you can just see for 200 kilometers and you could, you know you think there's a thunderstorm right there and you go chase and it's like we're not getting there. It just takes forever because it's so far away and you can see so far. So that was uh, great to be able to get out on the open plains and uh and, and experience the, the thunderstorms and, uh, yeah, you actually, it's, it's really neat. You have to forecast, you know, where, where to be that day and, uh, you know, where you sleep that night depends on your forecast, whether you see a thunderstorm or a tornado or not depends on your forecast. So it's a real challenge for a meteorologist to get out there and, and test your skills in real time and, and, uh, you know, smell, hear, taste, see the whole thing happening. It's, it's really an incredible experience.
0: You make it sound so exciting I have to say.
2: <laughs> it's actually 90% boring because it's a lot of driving and waiting, but uh, yeah. that that 10% is something yeah. else, yeah. And
0: I've got to say with everything's going on, you know, obviously the the concerns about global warming and climate change generally. That's right. Um I guess we get more and more of this. We'll get back to that a little later in the hour, but this is supposed to be a music show. <laughs> that's right. So <laughs> let's talk about the album. Uh the okay. album is entitled 50. We started out f- with out of tune which is a, a fun song to um to start off very uplifting um it's got a great lead in tell us a little bit about this song Ah, uh, well this was written in guelph and this was before i
2: actually played any bars or anything like that i did a lot of playing and and writing in the basement and you know uh kind of dreaming of the day where one day i'd get out and and do this stuff and so you know this song just kind of came out and was about that it was about Getting out of the, the house and down to the bar it actually says that in there just to to play that music and get out there and uh you know get that music out of my system and to the, out to the world and then the next the next verse is about um it's inspired by some of my friends like a James Gordon or an Ian Reed who will you know get in their car for the summer or, or on a big trip and then head off and uh, kind of live out of their car as they play uh, music all over the place. And uh, so that's that's kind of the second part, and uh, I haven't got there yet, but maybe do, one day. <laughs> do you
0: kind of wish that you could have been able to do more? I mean, obviously, you're incredibly busy with your your daytime yeah, life I, as well.
2: When I was finishing up high school, I had a really strong artistic side and was winning awards on that part of it, you know, our visual arts and music and stuff, and then I had the science side, and I had to choose, and I thought, well, I can be a scientist and, you know, make you know not be not be a starving starving musician or a starving artist but do it on the side and it's kind of worked out that way i've been able to do music on the side and and really have the core work i do in science and actually i know a lot of scientists who do that they you know they have their strong core in science and then they go off and and do, and do radio. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, do radio or like a Tana Slimmon, right? Yeah. She's a scientist who, who does music on the side. Oh,
0: she's, well, actually full time now because
2: she, that, well, she that's, quit the science stuff. That's right. Stuff. She's yeah. quit the science stuff now. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's something that you see a lot in science, that there's this musical side or some kind of artistic side that uh, that people like to
0: explore. and But it's hard to find the time. Absolutely. Until the opportunity arrives, you have to stick with the day job. I want to dip back into the album with another track. And that actually was the second uh, song on the album. You know, I'm being still a big believer in the product, the real product, not just the streaming version. Uh, you know, I love listening to CDs and vinyl because one of the things that's really important to me is sequencing. And sequencing of this is really good, because those first two tracks really lead off well. The second track is The Road I've Known. Tell us a little bit about this song. Well, first,
2: about the sequencing. I, I completely agree, and I spent a lot of time thinking about the sequencing and, you know, spent all kinds of, uh, you know, played it in all kinds of different um, orders to see what works best and, and, you know, really how it all worked together. And I agree, it's the it's the product, and I wish people had spent more time on on kind of the album part from beginning to end. Um, and that's what I really wanted to create with this. But th- that song, it's its funny. I uh, i sat down one day, as I usually do with my guitar, and started playing around and thought, you know, I wonder how Johnny Cash would write something like this, you know? And I just kind of started playing around with a little bit of a riff at the beginning that, you know, it's kind of a Johnny Cash's thing. And then it just, the lyrics kind of started falling out. And, uh, you know, it didn't get done until almost the day before we started recording. But a lot of it was written as as kind of this homage to Johnny Cash and kind of inspired by Johnny Cash and I, you know he's one of my all-time favorite artists and I and I really get a lot out of his work And it's all, my dad, when I was two years old, my dad played a lot lot of Johnny Cash and my whole family would say, do the Johnny Cash. And I would turn around and say, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Okay, this is two years old. So yeah, Johnny Cash kind of runs through my veins. So this was an exploration in Johnny Cash and trying to see if I could come up with something that was kind of in a similar vein. And like I said, the the lyrics just started coming out.
0: We'll get into the making of the album shortly, but let's, let's listen to that song just now, this is Dave Sills with The Road I've Known from his new album, 50. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Mm-hmm.
1: gone down too many times and it's the road that I've known that I'm going down oh the road that I've known it ain't got No painted lines But it's the road That I've known That I'm going down Never gonna say Never gonna say Never gonna say That I'm never gonna fall again Throw it all away, throw it all away, throw it all away, and I'd never ever get it back again. Gotta find a way, gotta get away, gotta get home. Yeah, the road That I've known A gravel run Through the dark pines And it's the road That I've known That I'm going down There's a road That I've known That I've gone down Too many times But it's the road That I've known That I'm going down Yeah, it's the road That I've known That I'm going down.
0: This is Karen Morand, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with my friend, Jan Hall. That's Dave Sills with The Road I've Known from his new album, 50. Dave's our special guest in the studio at Folk Roots Radio today. Dave is a severe weather scientist by day singer-songwriter and storm-chaser by night. I mentioned at the start of this hour that we've known each other a long time, uh, certainly through activism in Guelph, uh, a great place uh, for progressive politics and activism. Uh, it's great to to have him join me in the studio to talk about an album that he says is 50 years in the making, and that's obviously why it's called 50. Now, you recorded this with Alistair Bradley, who is a wonderful keyboard player, wonderful singer-songwriter in his own right, and producer. Tell us a little bit about working with Alistair.
2: Well, Alistair is actually the husband of a friend of mine that goes back to high school. And uh, so I've known Alistair quite a long time. We went to university together at Waterloo. And for 20 years or something like that, we've been talking about making an album. And he would be the guy who records it, and, uh, you know, he's... he's. Uh, A producer as well and has a studio in his home and uh one day i called up and said alistair it's time and he said oh boy here we go Mm -hmm. (laughs) he knew what that meant because we talked about it enough and um it was time to to get going so then i you know i said just tell me what comes next and uh he was great about it uh you know, he knows all of the the different processes to go through and, you know, he's an accomplished songwriter on his own. So, you know, he, the first thing he wanted me to do was go back to the songs that I had in mind and fine tune them. And that was a bit of a surprise to me. I was like, what do you mean fine tune my songs? But after we did that, I was, it was true. It need they needed fine tuning. They needed, you know, some of them need, needed finishing even. Uh, so it was great just to start that way and to look at the songs, the, the most important thing. And make sure that they're exactly you know what what we want to move forward with. And the next part of the process was bringing in band members. So I, I've got some very talented family and friends, and uh, it's time to call in some favors. So I got my brother, uh, a, a drummer down the street, Adam Skinner, who is also very active in the severe weather community. So a little bit of convergence there. Um, and uh and is like you said an accomplished keyboard player. Uh my father uh is on, on so, him as well. So your
0: your brother is Ken, right? So my he My bass and vocals on bass this album. Bass and vocals, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then your father is Mike and he does vocals on a track we're not going to be able to play today, but that's the lament for New Orleans. That's right. And he
2: actually uh wrote that song shortly after the the hurricane occurred and then uh brought it to me and uh we started working on kind of music for it and it's taken on a life of its own several different versions now and uh, finally got something that you know we can really put on this record and i actually just sent a bunch of cds down to new orleans there's a nice radio station down there that's community radio station all about uh new orleans heritage and the music and everything and i sent a whack of them down there hoping that someone will play it down there just just because you know you want to when you write a song about a place uh, you kind of want those people to hear that song. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, it kind of reminds me of Treme. And I, I know it wasn't, I don't think it was community radio that was featured in that with Davis when he was on the air. But I know that, you know, Davis, Treme took place, you know, shortly after sure. um, the hurricane. Fabulous TV series, if you love music and, um, you know, love, you know, recent history and trying to understand uh, a lot of the what went on afterwards. Because, you know, these, you know, we could, slip into politics pretty easy and talk yeah. about, uh, you know, how going through some of these catastrophic events can really change the way things move forward. That's right. Um,
2: and that's actually the one song where my two interests or main interests collide there is because my dad wrote this song about a storm and uh, I, I didn't write any myself. It, so I took, you know, his song and ran with it. So that's the one weather-related storm or storm-related song
0: that's, uh, that's on the album. And you call yourselves the Tilted Tempest Band, and again, that must be a, a, a <laughs> yeah, nod to your interest. W- that was just kind of for fun,
2: because uh, it's the uh, the studio is the Tilted the Tilted White Shed Studio, I think is what he, Alistair calls it. So I was just looking for a fun name and. Uh, the Tilted Tempest. So a, a storm, it gets really severe when, it, when the updraft of the storm gets tilted
0: over. So it was Tilted Tempest, you know, big, severe
2: storm. So that was what
0: that's all about. <laughs> yeah. You know, what comes through in this interview is is how much you have loved the opportunity to to finally do this. I guess I should have clued in when you sent me the album and you said on the front of it it says rock on Jan, (laughs) (laughs) which is good. And it was, you know, one of the nice things about being sent music from people, you know, is the surprise factor. And it was really a very pleasant surprise to uh, to receive this in the mail. We're going to go back to the album with another track and the track I'd like to play now is I think one of the songs that you kind of thought would be a single on the album, and that's the Tightwad Blues. That's right. Tell us a little bit about this one. Oh, this is a song
2: that uh, came out of this this book that my wife had been reading. Something like How to Be a Tightwad. And it was all of these little tips on how to save money here and there and this kind of stuff. And some of it was so over the top, I just thought it was funny. Uh, and so there was that going on, but I also have a friend, a couple friends who, who are really always into trying to, you know, save a buck here, save a buck there. Uh, you know, if you can find a way to steal cable and get, you know, do this and do that, then, Hey, this is, this is life. Life is great. That's all you need. You know? So I don't know, all these things came together in this song and, um, you know, just kind of, it's it's one of these kind of up-tempo songs that uh, is fun to play. And I, I played this song probably the most of any song. I played this one on the stage uh, in Caroline, Alberta, uh, an open stage there. Um, I played it on the uh, in Nashville at the. Uh, <laughs> At the uh, what's the the cafe the big cafe At in the Australia. Bluebird the Bluebird Cafe how am I, how did I forget that I actually played it on the Bluebird Cafe there was an open stage there uh, on a Monday night and uh, had to wait in line there was like a hundred different people there trying to get in and I thought for sure I, I wouldn't win the lottery to get on that night but managed to get on so I played it there it's just a song that I've played probably the most and uh, enjoy playing a lot because it's got the harmonica as well and uh, just a lot of fun to play.
0: Yeah. Let's listen to that just now. This is Dave Sills with the Tightwad Blues from his new album, 50. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall.
1: Hey, my little lady got something for me Been waiting for you, baby, to friend me two a three. Throw them in the truck, we'll take a little luck tonight No If you're always keeping up with the Jones, and I don't have the time, we ain't got the money. The bills are piling up, you can pay them later, honey. Gonna pick me up cheap smokes from Got the money, the bills are piling up, you can pay them later, honey. Gonna pick me up cheap smokes from the boys now. Is looking for more
3: yeah.
2: This is Dale Butler. You're listening to Folk Roots
0: Radio with Jan Hall. That's Dave Sells with the tightwad blues from his new album, Fifty. Dave's our special guest in the studio at Folk Roots Radio today. I have to say I love it when people come in to the studio for an in-depth conversation about their music. I've known Dave Sills for years uh, back to Guelph activism days. Dave uh, actually ended up moving out of Guelph to, to Bury, and he may be making a move somewhere else soon, but we can't tell you any more about that. But it's exciting, and it may have something to do with his day job as a severe weather scientist. I want to talk about one of the, the songs on the album that I think is very special, and that is Coldwell Bay, which I gather is up on Lake Superior, is that That's right? That's right,
2: the north shore of Lake Superior, and it's actually a bit of a ghost town, um, if you go there now, you're not going to see a heck of a lot. There's some an old foundation and, an, and a cemetery where some of my relatives are buried. But other than that, it's uh, mostly grown over. And uh, why this place is special is this is where my grandmother grew up. And um, it was a fishing, fishing village and very busy in the early 1900s. And um, by the mid-1900s, uh it, it started to go down it started to go down as far as the you know the business that could be done there in the fishery because the lamprey eel uh or sea lamprey uh invaded the great lakes and cut down the the fish quite a bit and uh, also the the highway was built through there so taking over where the railway had been so the whole town went through a phase where it was it was not functioning like it had in its heyday, and uh, so the song is kind of about that, about um, you know the town,
0: because the the town was Port Coldwell, right? The town is Port Coldwell. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah, uh, which is a little hard to fit in to a song lyric wise. <laughs> yeah. So I had to come up with something. Actually, I, I recorded the song for the first time. Um, it was a, a music uh, songwriting getaway with James Gordon and Catherine Wheatley in Guelph. Okay, and so the idea is pick a song that you want to do, and by the end of the end of the weekend you'll have a done song and you'll be able to play it. And this is a song I'd wanted to record for a long time because it's been in my, the story has been in my family history for a long time. I just really wanted to get it done. I thought this is the perfect opportunity. And sure enough, by the end of that weekend, I had the song mostly done, And as you hear it on the, uh, on the album. So it was special getting that time to work on that and, uh, and really kind of uh, get all the lyrics together the way I wanted them to uh, through that weekend. Um, but like I said, the, the, it's a special story because it, it involves a bunch of different aspects. One of them is um, the Group of Seven. So the, the Group of Seven is is famous for painting a lot of the Lake Superior North Shore. And in fact, um, the story goes from my grandmother that uh, her mother would bake pies for the artists up in the boxcars sitting up at the top of uh, Colwell Bay. And she'd ask them to bring the pies up to the artists, but don't touch the pies, don't eat the pies, don't, you know, don't bother the artists, just bring them up there. And, and, you know, so it's, there's that kind of connection as well, because I'm a big fan of, of the group of seven. So yeah, there's just a bunch of different connections. And and the two main characters of this story are uh, Gid and Eileen Nickel. So the Nickel brothers own the fishery there. And Eileen is my grandmother's sister. Um so you know, they're the, the two characters that this the story kind of flows around. And oddly enough, just in the last couple of weeks, the uh the wife of the son of Gidden Eileen Got in contact with me over Facebook. No one has heard from that son in a long decades, <laughs> and through Facebook, she got in contact with me and said that Tom, their son, had heard the song and it brought back so many memories. And I just thought, I couldn't believe this. You know, some you know the son of the two people that had written this song about that to me is you know ancient history is actually heard the song and it, it kind of the story lives on. It's it's just been amazing the reception a lot of people up in the up in the Scriber area in the north shore where I still have some relatives and and there's even a radio station up in the uh, northern northern Ontario there have uh, are playing the song and I'm getting all kinds of feedback so it's been great and
0: I think a blogger wrote about it as well I was following a link today when I was doing my research and that's um, right because the, the group of seven link I think what Lauren Harris painted Two, was it two or three? At least two or three works around oh, Coldwell. Sure,
2: yeah, and, and A. Y. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, there was a few of them that got up there and painted out of boxcars, and were up there several several winters in a row. So yeah, that that tends to get people's attention when you bring up the uh, the group of seven.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now Miranda Mulholland plays on this. Uh, Miranda, her, she has a wonderful duo, Harrow Fair. Also a member of Bellstar, she's played with Great Lake Swimmers alan doyle a lot of wonderful people that's right um and also has a guelph connection
2: right uh yeah. well she was she from guelph or? yeah she was yeah, from that's, Guelph. yeah yeah. That's what I thought. yeah it's it's funny because i was looking i this song needed a fiddle player and i was looking for I, you know when i all the music musicians uh, on the album i wanted to have a personal connection to. And so I was looking for a fiddle player for this song and I was trying to get someone that I did have a personal connection to and I wasn't having a lot of success. Apparently there's not a lot of fiddlers uh, or fiddlers looking for work, I don't know, but I was having a heck of a time. and. Um and I, I had gone through Jeff Bird, and I almost got Jeff Bird because uh, you know I, I know I know him from Guelph Days, and he's in the Cowboy Junkies, and so I was really impressed with that. And then he had jaw surgery and couldn't do <laughs> do the work. So you know I thought, who who in the heck do I know that? You know I really like their work, and and it was Miranda. You know I, we had just seen her with the Great Lake Swimmers, and I thought, yeah. wow, she'd be awesome if I could get her and uh just contact her, and right away she responded, oh, "I'd love to do it just you know let's let's work on it and She did such a great job uh really I sent her a lot of the material, uh the lyrics and the pictures, so she could get you know like really into the story and and she did a great job of you know a sympathetic fiddle playing, I think, and I think it really makes the song it really puts it over the top for me uh just in a song that's kind of memorable and um you know has that feeling in it of of the history of the song and i should mention that uh, my daughter sings back up on this song um she's she sings on this song and she also sings on a, a different kind of son and it was great to have her involved uh she actually took vocal lessons with shannon kingsbury in guelph who's another another singer uh songwriter uh so yeah there's a lot of connections like that but i really wanted to try to bring in the family uh, as much as i could and and, and close friends Another person that I got involved was my son Jack, and uh, he he did the photography for the album, the front and back covers. Uh, he he went out and did the photography for. So it was really great to to get everybody to contribute in that way. And and something that I thought was really cool was we went into the studio with you know this group of friends and family, and uh, I really didn't have any preconceived notions of where this was going to go. I just had these songs. And everybody kind of added their little part to it and built something that I didn't even see coming. And uh, I, I really was just uh, stunned with the results because everybody did add that little special part to it. And when I listen to it back now, it just the, the kind of the memories flood flood through of all the different things that people did and contributed. And I'm so grateful for that.
0: Oh, it's nice. And you know that really comes through. Actually, uh, we didn't mention the cover of the album, but there's a picture of Dave. Wandering down, and well, I'm assuming it's Dave. It could That's be. That's me. Yeah. It could be some highly paid actor, but <laughs> you don't see his head. But uh, wandering down the road with his guitar, and who knows? You know, we'll probably do another interview like this in what 20 years, and you'll be saying, "Oh, yeah, now I just make music." That'll be my 70 album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a little instrumental that
2: I put ahead of uh, Coldwell Bay called "Story She Told," and they're kind of connected because the story she told is about my grandmother telling me all these stories about Coldwell Bay. And I, I just really, uh, I wrote this little instrumental and always thought of her uh, while I was playing it. She actually, you know, heard it. I played it for her quite a while ago when, um, you know, when she was alive. And uh, so all these memories are attached to this song and it leads right into the Colwell Bay song.
0: I want to mention that if you go to davesills.ca, Dave's website, that actually, it's interesting, it covers his uh interested you know his work as a scientist also has his music on there and his photography you can also get the lyrics for all of these songs so let's listen this is dave sills with stories she told and coldwell bay from his great new album 50 you're listening to folk Roots radio and i'm jan hall
1: biggest house around On the rocky north shore of Superior In this lonely fishing town Well, Gideon played the fiddle Eileen, she played guitar For miners, teacher loggers Preacher and the Mountie from afar And old one on Bert And the CPR clerk And the painters from down south They waltzed while the scent of Eileen's flowers Drifted round the house The lake was cold Life was hard They danced the dark away Saturdays at the Nickel Place In the town on Coldwell Bay In the town on Coldwell Bay Life was hard, but they danced the dark away. Saturdays at the Nickel Place in the town on Coldwell Bay, in the town on Coldwell Bay. The leprechaun stole all the fish and shut the business down. Gid and Eileen they met their fate on the tracks at the edge of town Government men they raised it all gone without a trace But every spring Eileen's flowers bloom all round the old nickel place lake was cold Life was hard But they danced the dark away Saturdays At the Nickel Place In the town on Coldwell Bay lake was cold Life was hard But they danced the dark away Saturdays the place, in a town on In a
3: town on Bay. In a town on Bay.
0: Hi, this is Lizzie Hoyt, and you are listening to the fabulous Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Dave Sills with Stories She Told and Coldwell Bay from his new album, 50. Dave's our special guest in the studio at Folk Roots Radio today. I still have trouble believing uh, (laughs) that that's his first album because he joined me on the radio on my old show, uh, Royal City Rag, which was on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph for years. And Dave was uh, actually a a semi-regular guest. I think he played on the show two or three times over the years. Uh, which is, it, it just makes it wonderful to have you back in the studio with me now. We're now in Leamington, which is not that far from LaSalle. That's right. So Dave is in the area visiting family at the same time, and I really appreciate the fact that you've had time to, to join me in the studio. It's just absolutely wonderful.
2: Oh, it's great to be here, Jen.
0: What I'd like to do now is to talk about what happens now. Uh, the album is done show so you you i think you had a release show at the anaf in Burry, didn't that's you? that's right
2: there was a release show and uh, had a lot of fun doing that um i've i'm planning a, a show a, a kind of a backyard concert with ian reed this summer we've done that the last few years and uh it's been really great i'm a big fan of his and um you the first time it was just him and you know doing the show and then I got up the courage last year to say, do you think I could open for you? <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I played some of these songs and he said, geez, you've got some songs. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> about that. Uh, because at the time I was, I was thinking about, you know, who to collaborate with and that kind of thing. Uh, so you know it was it was great to be able to talk to Ian about the business side of it and he knows Alistair as well the producer of the, on the album so you know it was we, we had some good conversations about that um but it's it, you know as far as other you know what else to pursue here right now what i'm doing is trying to to see how far i can get the album out, uh, you know, I've been sending it all over the place. I mentioned that I sent a bunch of CDs down to uh, to New Orleans because of the one song on the album. I've done the same with uh, with Colwell Bay and sent it off to uh, the radio station in Northern Ontario, and they're telling me they they're playing it, so that's great. Um, and you know, there's just so many different aspects now. There's the whole social media side of things and distribution, digital distribution, you know. And, I'll mention Spotify, but you know, I, I really I had reservations about putting it on there because I know everybody hates it so much. But I, what I really wanted to do through this is just totally experience all these things. You know, musicians have issues with not getting paid very much through Spotify and other streaming streaming uh, uh, sources, and I wanted to experience that myself. What exactly is it that goes on with these things? And I, I for sure, I've seen. <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly glad I don't have to try to make a living at this because, boy, it's hard to to make make money at, uh, at trying to sell music. Uh, I, I, this one experience, uh, an English teacher of mine bought a CD, $10 online. And uh, it went through all the different machinations through the uh, online stuff. And then they sent me the thing back saying that, OK, we've taken this and it, this goes here and this goes there. Your share, 35 cents. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really difficult.
0: Well, it, you know, my my challenge with Spotify and the other streaming services and well, I I think specifically with Spotify is the fact that it seems that they want to Hoover up that part of not just music, but also podcasting and everything else that is audio uh, in the same way that, you know, Facebook has tried to to take over a lot of social media through Facebook and Instagram and the other products they have. And then Amazon. I mean, it, it's like at the end of the day, you know, which is, uh, you know, I, I'm going to get political here, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. eventually, you know, hopefully regulation will stop them having so much power. But all of these companies, by virtue of their clever use of technology, have really upended everything. The The interesting thing seems to me is that, you know, musicians are definitely embracing it as a way to get their music out there. That's right. And hopefully what happens is when people go to Spotify and listen to Dave Sills, they say, hey, I think I'd like a copy of the album. Because, you know, with the album, you get more information, you get links to other things that just doesn't exist on streaming. Yeah, I guess
2: the other part of it is when, you know, uh, if you get your name out there, then people want to see your show and will pay money maybe to see your show. And maybe you'll have some merchandise there if CDs survive or maybe, uh, you know, vinyl. Um, So a little physical product to pick up at the same time. Uh, people really want to do that when they go to a show and they you know it's someone they really like they want to come home with some part of that and it's hard to do when it's all all digital so yeah it's it's really a, a period of transition to music right now and and how how the whole business works
0: yeah I, i'm hopeful that uh eventually people will realize that at the end of the day you're still probably better to have something physical I hope so. Uh, and, you know, that we don't have to wait to climate breakdown and yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. else when, you know, suddenly everything falls apart because, <laughs> you know, people have been ignoring climate change and global warming for, right. for years. Uh, it's been great to have you join us in the studio. It's been so much fun. Remember, Dave's website is davesills.ca. Now, the last song in the album, I think, is another older song. It's a different kind of sun. It's going to be the song we finish with today. Uh, it's a song with very powerful lyrics and, you know, when I was listening to it, I was trying to decide, oh, which politician is that written about? <laughs> but I think it might be written about them all, is it? Uh, well,
2: okay, well, first of all, a different kind of son is a phrase that my daughter came home with one day, uh, well, made up one day, when I asked her about what this painting that she had done, I think it was grade one or something like that. She came home with this painting and I asked her, what is this? And she said, oh, it's a different kind of son. Wow. Oh, it's, a, it's a great album yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, it, it's just some, one of those things you just don't think of. You know, yeah. there's only one son. How could it be a different kind of son? So it got me thinking about, you know, that, you know, imagining something different. And uh, and then, it yeah, it, got, it gets into the politics. At the, the time I was writing it, and then it actually continues today. It's very, I find it very frustrating, all the politics. And yeah, that first verse is, it, it could be about several different politicians, actually. Um, but the, the second verse was more about Guelph, Guelph civic politics and dealing with certain councillors on, uh, on council. And some of them would actually get up and walk out when you, you know, as a citizen, you get up and do your delegation and it's not easy doing that. You know, you have to work up the courage to get in front of all these people and, you know, and, and say your piece and people would, you know, this certain councillor would walk out when, if he didn't like, uh, the, you know, the person you were or what he thought you would say. So it's this kind of stuff that's so frustrating and and uh, gets you upset about politics, and uh, so a lot of the song is about that, just the frustration with politics. But then there's the the different kind of sun, and uh, you know there's so much good stuff happening right now as far as you know youth rising up and uh, and saying, hey, this is our future here. As far as climate change goes, uh, there were all the um, the Me Too protests, where you know it's obviously the uh, the women are, are saying no more and, uh, you know, things are changing and the politicians have to listen to that too. Um, so, you know, I was trying to capture that spirit in this song that, um, you know, there there is a lot wrong and there's there's a lot of cynicism in politics, but then you've got this kind of golden, golden ray <laughs> coming from this different kind of sun that's saying there's hope and uh, and hang on and there's, you know, there's power in numbers. Uh, you know, there's this this new army marching on the horizon and it's coming and and hopefully we'll get there
0: it's a very powerful song and certainly you know the the thing that struck me was the with the school walkouts which you know have become a regular thing i certainly you know depending more on um the country i mean we have a a 15 year old swedish activist uh yeah who's done you know who's you know is speaking truth to power that's right um as someone who works in the field of climate I and mean, you are a, a severe weather scientist and i want to make sure i use the scientist <laughs> word right. because uh, we were talking just before this interview about the difference between being a scientist talking about weather and being a specialist talking about weather and i wanted to give you just a chance to talk about that and how important it is uh that people understand where they're getting their information yeah, from.
2: yeah well all it is is that uh you know, a lot of the the weather people that you see on TV, although it's it is getting better in Canada, but um uh for a long time, if if you were doing the weather but you weren't qualified, you were a weather specialist. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's kind of this thing when you're in meteorology, it's specialist is one of those words that you just like, ah, you know, you can't can't be calling me a specialist. I've I worked hard on this degree kind of thing. So it's a scientist or a
0: meteorologist rather than a specialist. But that's that's all that's about. Yeah. So you you work in the field of severe weather. Um, It would seem to me that we're definitely getting more of it associated with uh, global warming and climate change. Can you um, give us any perspective on where things stand from your point of view? Yeah. I mean, for instance, you know, municipalities like Guelph. I mean, there's been talk about uh, trying to get on board and declaring the climate emergency that, quite frankly, I think all municipalities and uh, well, all you know provinces regions all need to be uh getting to grips with this that this is not something we can keep pushing down the road but that's right that's my perspective and at what the same think- time
2: you've got a provincial government that's cut cut the conservation authority funding in half you know it's it there's a lot of kind of push and pull right now um based around climate change you know all the carbon taxes and all this stuff but you know we have to make sure it's based on good science and uh yeah definitely um we're seeing an increase in the number of severe events as far as you know droughts as far as heat waves as far as big precipitation events there are uh, some other areas where we really don't have enough data to say yet one of the things i study is tornadoes and they're rare events in the first place and uh, so we don't have a lot of uh, a big sample size to to make a you know the trend line from so it we, the, the thing we're trying to do right now is just get a baseline and you know, how many are actually occurring and then trying to determine from there whether they'll increase or not. But for other things such as, you know, heavy rainfall or droughts and, and, uh, and heat waves, we have lots of good data and clearly, you know, things are changing. And, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, as you say, municipalities really get, need to get a hold of because all of their infrastructure is planned for a certain climate. And as that climate changes, you know, a lot of the infrastructure is just not going to hold up the same way it would. So it, it changes a lot of things, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's an emergency. It really well, is, which is
0: why when we saw the tremendous flooding in Toronto a few years ago, that's right, and they just you know they couldn't cope with it. You know, the the drainage system just couldn't cope with it.
2: That's right. And I I studied that storm. I looked at it very closely. That was nowhere near the worst it could get as far as, you know, the amount of rain that could come down in a few hours. So yeah, it doesn't take much to totally inundate a city and, and have major flooding and people's lives at risk, especially in, you know, these big cities like Montreal and Toronto and that kind of thing where a lot of the infrastructure is really old. So yeah, it's it's a big issue.
0: Which is why we need people like Greta Thunberg, you know, standing up at uh, meetings and, and speaking truth to power or, you know, these... These kids in schools getting, you know, walking out. I've seen politicians being critical and, you know, you know, describing kids as being disrespectful. And, you know, as if <laughs> uh, you know, we, we send kids to school to be educated and, you know, there comes a point, I mean we can we could, you know, get right off topic and discuss whether voting age should be whether the voting age should be brought down. But That's I think right, it yeah. does come a point when, you know, people need to be allowed to to make use of the education that we're giving them that's right and and yeah. get out there and 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 express their opinions yeah i mean
2: people like greta i think she's 15 or 16 now but she's far more educated on a lot of topics than a lot of people that will actually vote so yeah it's a, yeah. and that, and that's the case with a lot of very engaged youth right now and and hopefully that continues that trend where you know there's just a, a new um, generation coming up that are a lot more engaged and aware that you know it's their future
0: at stake it's a very powerful song and i'm so pleased that you've put it on the album. It is the final track on Dave Sills' album 50. It is entitled A Different Kind of Sun." We're going to play that now. Dave Sills, it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us in the studio today. Thanks, Jen. It's great to see you again.
1: King when a cage is all you deserve Yeah, you It's like some disease You're ruling with fear and hope Is down on her knees Well, I'll tell you something There's a new day dawning Look out, cause it's rising, rising, rising It's a different kind of sun The one that we've been waiting on And we're headed for birth, Rising up from the earth It's a different kind of sun That will shine down Hey you You've got a lot of nerve You've been pissing in the beer of those That you're supposed to serve Yeah you It's like some disease You're looking for a forest by Cutting down every tree Well, I'll tell you something There's a new army marching It's on the horizon, rising, rising It's a different kind of sun The one that we've been waiting on Might not be the cure But one thing's for sure It's a different kind of sun That'll shine down on Everyone different kind of sun that will shine